Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today at Life Church Home. This is our podcast, and this is so crucial to what we do here because we want to help people understand how great God is and how great His purpose for your life is. And so I know today you're going to be blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by this message. So come on, let's get it started. Valor. Excel Men's Conference, November 20th to the 21st. At Life Church with Pete Wilson, lead pastor at Cross Point Church, Nashville, USA. Clinical psychologist Dr. Robbie Sonderegger and hosted by Steve Gambill. At Life Church, Wapping Road, Bradford, BD30EQ. Book online at lifechurchhome.com for £35 or call us 01274-307-233. Valor. Father, we thank you for your word that we're about to open. We thank you for the truth that lies in it. This morning, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, to have your way. Lord, I pray you would strengthen me as I bring forth your word. Lord, I pray that I would disappear and that you would appear in all your glory and goodness. Lord, we pray that today we would change. We pray today we would be open to be more like you. We pray today that there would be a massive shift in hearts and minds towards you and to acknowledging you. God, I am believing this morning for miracles, signs and wonders. I'm believing the prodigals will come home. Many, many will come home this morning. I'm praying today, God, that you would help us restart our hearts where we need to. In Jesus' name, anoint your word, Lord. Let your presence go out from my mouth this morning. And all God's people said, amen and amen. You can take your seats. I'm just gonna say from the get-go because I don't want you to waste time fighting it. Some of you are gonna give your heart back to God this morning. And I'm talking to some of you who come to church every week. I'm saying that God this morning wants to reveal to you that you actually are backslidden and that actually there's some areas in your life that need to come back to Him. And I'm saying it up front because at the end, in those few moments, it's not enough time to grab you and say, come on in an appeal moment. So if now you begin in your mind to say, God, as she's speaking this morning, is there an area in my life where I have disconnected? God, as she's speaking this morning, is there something you're asking from me in a response? If you'll now begin that process in your heart and in your mind, by the time we get to the ask moment, you'll already be there, you'll already be willing, and you'll already be ready to take on the next season that God has for you. Oftentimes what happens is we listen to a message, and then when we get to the moment of response at the end, we are so disengaged until that moment, it's too late. In that moment, we're like, yeah, it's not really me. And then it's gone. But I'm asking you at the beginning of the message, before I even tell you what we're going to talk about, would you say in your heart, God, if this is an area for me to change, if this is something you need from me this morning, I am not willing to enter another year doing life the same as I've done this year. I'm not willing to enter into another area of my life without fixing some things, God, that maybe your grace is with me and extended towards me this morning to fix. So I want us to listen with intention this morning. I want us to listen with a sense of, I'm not gonna leave the same this morning. Even if you think spiritually you're flying at 80, 90%, I'm asking you to come off your pedestal because we all need to get off our pedestal. Get on your knees inside your heart and say, God, I listen this morning with so much to learn. Because if I'm supposed to look like you, I know there's a lot of change still needs to happen. And we are all in that boat together. 
So God's grace is sufficient. I don't know if it was a battle that I had to go through to be here this morning, but a battle I've had before I got here. Battle in my health that I don't normally talk about, but two days in bed, struggling with an illness that I've had from time to time in bed this weekend. I was determined when I got out of bed this weekend to be the first one at the foot of the throne saying, God, I need you. And God, I need your presence. And God, this is not about me. So I need anointing to kick in so that you can have your way. Because when you do that, when you move stuff out of the way that the enemy would like to get in the way, I tell you, God always has his way. And so by the grace of God, all of us this morning need his strength, need his power, and need his refining. And we're in a series where we're talking about the heart, the heartbeat series. We're talking about our heart and the health of our heart. And I think it's been one of the most brilliant series we've done in the church for a long time. I just think it scoops us all up. I just think it's an area we should talk about annually. Because the truth is that our heart needs looking after just as much in the natural as you're supposed to look after your natural heart, spiritually, we're supposed to look after our spiritual heart, but because it's hidden, your natural heart inside our chest, they tell us all the time that people have heart diseases they have no clue about. People get all kinds of heart murmurs that they totally didn't understand was gonna come. And so there's all this stuff that goes on in our lives and in our hearts that we don't even know is happening until it's too late. And this morning, I want to talk spiritually about those things that go on in our lives, and I don't want it to be too late. There's a passage in the Bible that I'm going to begin with where a connection is made that I want to use for this morning's illustration. The connection is in 2 Corinthians 8, and I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible. And basically, Paul is talking to the church because there's been kind of a, an ebb and a flow in their commitment. It's kind of they started off doing some stuff really keenly and really eagerly, and now there's been this kind of less willingness and kind of a sense of like compromises kicking in, and there's kind of like this whole thing that's going on where they're not feeling as buoyant as they were before or as enthusiastic as they were before. So Paul comes in to say, hey, hey, what's going on? You know, I feel like maybe some of you are losing your momentum. I feel like there's an issue going on here. And so he says to them, so here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year and not let all those good intentions grow stale on you. Hey, your heart's been in the right place all along and you've got what it takes to finish it up. So go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. And this is the line I want you to take note of. The heart regulates the hands. He's making a connection for us in scripture as he addresses the church. And he's saying there's a connection between your heart, your spiritual heart, and what's in your hands. There's a connection between what's going on inside of here and what you're handling over here. And if the connection is severed or somehow weakened, then both those things become endangered. Both those things become up for attack. And so he's saying, hey, I know you were once enthusiastic about what you said you were going to do, but your enthusiasm has waned and weakened. And I want you to know the reason for that is that your heart and what's in your hands have become disconnected. He goes on in the next passage to talk to them even about their financial giving. And he makes the same connection again because he says, hey, I don't want to take an offering unless you first have dealt with your willingness to give. 
that you actually have to decide in your heart what to give and then it will come out of your hands with a generous face and with a happy face and that's where he talks about being a cheerful giver. Why? Because he's saying don't let people twist your arm to give but instead in your heart already decide. I want to give. I love to give. And therefore when you give it won't hurt you like it currently does. He's making a connection between the heart and the hands. And this morning my question to you is are your hands fuller than your heart? Are your hands fuller than your heart? Because maybe today I can explain for you why there's been some love lost, why there's some energy that's dwindled, why there's a sense of kind of apathy that's crept in, why there's a feeling of wanting to lie down and quit. Maybe today I can help you see the connection that the enemy does not want you to make between your hands and your heart. Because the truth is, if your heart is running on low, but your hands are still full, we have a problem. And so often our hands are busy, they are full. There's many things that we are putting our hands to do. And because that is the visible aspect of our life, because that's what we see that needs attention, that's what gets our attention. But the invisible realm that sustains the visible realm gets the least attention because that's something that isn't shouting out, feed me, help me, teach me, work with me, serve me. That is the part that's quiet. And so we feed the noisy child and we neglect the quiet child, not understanding that the quiet child is what sustains the noisy child. Now, I need Jock to come and help me with my prop today and his pump because if this is our heart, this is what happens with our heart. We come to God and when we come to God, he fills our heart. He comes and he fills our heart and we come into the presence of God and he begins to lift and pump up our heart and faith begins to lift your heart and expectation needs to get in your heart and maybe it's noisy like this, I don't know. This is a noisy pump. But as you get in the presence of God, it begins to lift your heart and inflate your heart. That's what the presence of God is all about. You good there, is your pump working? You got a faulty prop? It's coming. Do you need assistance or is this not in your brief, job brief? Have you ever camped before? Have you ever inflated a bed before? You have? Who do you need assistance from? Would you like to choose someone? John Beale? Is John Beale here? It's John Beale, who must have a degree in inflating inflatable eggs. Give it up for John Beale. John Beale has many skills. He was a ballet dancer, professional. See? John Beale, John Beale, John Beale, come back up here. Can you just do us a quick pirouette? Thank you. Royal ballet dancer personnel, also bed inflator coach. There are many skills that this man has. But when you get in the presence of God, like you may have come in this morning, he pumps up your heart, it inflates your heart. When you get under the word of God, it begins to put words in your heart that make you have an expectation and there's a rise that happens in you. So when you become a child of God, your heart begins to become inflated. And as it becomes inflated and as it becomes built up, it becomes stronger and it beats faster. And the pump of the presence of God works in all of our hearts. 
But as we are lifted up and elevated up and as we are pumped up, here's what happens when you get excited and your heart gets full. You begin to say yes to things. Is that not true? So when your heart's full of love for the girl, you're like, will you marry me? Because your heart was full. And with that statement, now your hand is full. And then you say, should we have a family? Because you're so excited about building a family and your heart's got all these expectations about what your family and you go, yes, we're gonna have a family. And so now you have a family and now that, it fills your hands too. And so your heart is full and because your heart is full, you're like, yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I wanna serve on a team. Of course I wanna do. And now your hands is full of that. So as your heart is full, your hands begin to be full. All of the front row here come up. And as your hands begin to be full, this is what happens. You can sit on my bed that's been nicely inflated, my heart, because my hand is full of a commitment I made to you. And my hand is full of a commitment I made to you. And now I have children. And now I have a life group. And now I have a job that is very demanding. And you know, now that's taking my time. And as that takes my time, now I'm gonna fill my life with this. And then I'm gonna fill my life with this commitment over here. And now my hands are full with all these responsibilities. Now, once you've said yes to these responsibilities, they don't go anywhere, hello? But if you are not staying on top of this, if you are not keeping the fullness of your heart full, guess what? All of a sudden, the things that you took on with great joy become a weight on you. All of a sudden, the thing you said yes to becomes a drain on you, and you're underneath this thing that you've said yes to, and you're like, why did I say yes? But you can't get rid of your kids, your kids. Hello? Too late. You can't get rid of the wife. She's your wife. Sadly, some do for this very reason. Can't just toss in the job that you said yes to and the promotion that you were eager for. You can't just quit on your church and walk out and give up on your volunteering team because now I'm tired and now I'm weary, but people do. But it was never these people's issue. It was never them that caused the problem. There was a problem between your hand and your heart. And you allowed your heart to get flat, which meant the burden got heavier. But our job is to keep our heart inflated and in faith and in life so what's in our hands can be lifted. You can go. And this morning, this is the state of some of your heart. It's just worn out, weary, tired, disappointment, things that have punctured you on the inside and yet your hands are still full. And I'm explaining to you why you're fighting with your wife all the time. The wife that you love, the wife that you said your vows to, the wife that you said, man, this is gonna be an awesome ride, we're gonna have a great adventure together. And out of the fullness of your heart, you joined hands but because you've allowed things to get in your heart and deflate your heart, now you're wishing you could get rid of what's in your hands. And so this connection that the Bible makes between our heart and hands is a connection that we must make if we wanna do life well, because I get tired of seeing people toss things out of their hands as if it's the church's fault or God's fault or someone else's fault when actually the real issue is on the inside of them. There's something you need to attend to. It's called the health and the well-being of your heart. 
So what are some of the symptoms that we are allowing that to happen in our life? Well, there's a guy in the Bible that had a heart problem. His story is found in 1 Samuel 25, and I want to dip into this story for a few things we can learn of symptoms of when our heart is beginning to be emptied, even though our hands are still full. And this morning, this is going to be a breakthrough for some of you that right now are running businesses, right now have huge responsibility on, right now you feel you're almost crippled under the pressure. If you'll attune your ear today, this is a key for how to get your joy back, how to get your peace back, and how to get that level back in your life so that what you're handling, you stop loathing and you learn to love again. 1 Samuel 25 is a story of David, a guy called Nabal, and a woman called Abigail. I want to dip into his story to show some symptoms I believe that you can spot in your life when your heart is getting dry and becoming emptier, but your hands are remaining full. It says in verse 2, there was a certain man, Imon, that had property at Carmel. He was very wealthy. He had his hands full. He had a thousand goats. That's a lot of goats. 3,000 sheep. That's a lot of sheep which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail, and she was intelligent, and she was beautiful. But her husband, listen to this, was surly, and he was mean in his dealings. One of the first ways you know if your heart is emptier than your hands is that your external world gets more of your attention than your internal world. If you're giving your external world right now more attention than your internal world, you are heading for trouble. Because it's your internal world that will sustain your external world. And so let's just be honest. If you look at spreadsheets more than your Bible, you're in trouble. If you listen to other people's opinion more than God's voice, you're in trouble. If you spend more time in the presence of people that don't love Jesus than you do in the presence of Jesus, you're in trouble because one will outweigh the other. If you have more time on your hands where you're spending it like scratching your head and in conversations and stress rather than in prayer, then there will be a place where the scales will tip just like that mattress and you'll find you're fighting all kinds of situations but you have no fight left on you on the inside. You are all out. Nabal had money. Nabal had wealth. Nabal clearly had a lot of people in his hands, in his care. He was the owner of a large business. He had a lot of responsibility. He also had a wife, and she was very beautiful and highly intelligent. I would like that to be written in the Bible about me. That would be awesome. That's quite a good little explanation that she got in the Bible. She was very beautiful, and she was really smart. But for having all of that good stuff, good stuff, wealth, you would think, well, that would be good. That would fill my heart. Provision, well, that would fill my heart. See, some of you are thinking certain things that you're going to put in your hands are going to fill your heart, but they're not. They're just going to demand more from your heart. They're not going to put more in your heart. The more people, the more demand. The more resources, the more demand. The more the business, the more the things you have to think about. Therefore, if you want to go higher, you've got to go deeper to sustain the height that you were asking God to give you. As a church, we can say to God, we want to do this and we want to do that. But if our heart's not strong, forget it. We'll never sustain it. 
If a thousand unsaved people walk through the doors next Sunday, we'd die. Because I'm not sure that we're strong enough in our heart to say, I got this, I can do this, I can pray for them, I can counsel them, I can take them with me, I can help them, I'll encourage them, I'll pastor them. No, no, we gotta go deep so that when we can fill our hands, it will be safe in our hands. But he had all this going on for him. Nabal had the money, Nabal had the cattle, a very uh, big sign of wealth was cattle back then. And he had all this livestock, all these stuff, and he had a wife that was beautiful and intelligent. And at one point, they would all have been his joy. At one point, he would have got excited about starting a cattle business. At one point, his heart would have been full and he would have romanced Abigail. But now it says that Nabal was mean. His heart was empty, but his hands were full. Largeness exposes smallness. The bigger the platform, the more the spotlight. And the more the spotlight, the more the reveal. Be careful what you ask for, because what you might be asking for in your hands, are you able to take in your heart? Nabal spent all his time running his business, but little or no of his time fixing his heart. It goes on to say that as Nabal, whose actual name meant fool, hello, it's not a good name, don't name your child Nabal, it won't go well. What does my name mean, mum? Fool, awesome. It goes on to say that David came to Nabal and asked for something that was not a big ask, to be honest. It was a time of sheep shearing, a time of celebration, a time when people were supposed to be joyful and supposed to be sharing of what they had. And David had been up in the fields and he'd been protecting, unknownst to Nabal, Nabal's cattle for quite some time. And so at this time of celebration, David and his men, they were hungry and they needed some supplies. And so he sent a servant to say to Nabal, hey, verse seven, I hear it's sheep shearing time and when your shepherds were with us, we didn't mistreat them. The whole time they're here, we, nothing of theirs has gone missing. We've looked after your guys, Nabal, so I'm asking you, would you be favorable towards us because it is a festive time. And I wonder, could you please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them? Now, that was a nice request. It wasn't, I demand, I expect. It was just saying, hey, could you bless us? And Nabal's response back, the second sign of an empty heart, Nabal's response back was, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and my water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to the men coming from who knows where? When your heart begins to empty, it becomes me and mine. When your heart is full, it's his and theirs. One of the signs that your heart is getting empty is when your generosity begins to change. Be very careful and monitor the level of your generosity. And I'm not just talking about your giving. I'm talking about your words. I'm talking about your embrace. I'm talking about your smile. I'm talking about your posture. When those kids come in from school and you've had a crummy day at the office, and they come in and all they want is to sit on your knee and tell you about their day and annoy you in the nicest possible way. When they come towards you, do they find an empty heart that snaps back 
I've had a hard day. You don't understand what your dad does for this household. You should respect, you should be thankful, you should be, does what come out of you is me, 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 and my, or is what comes out of you is generosity in your speech? I don't feel like it right now, might be going on in your head, but my heart is full of love for you. And because my heart is full of love for you, my words will be generous towards you. One of the first things that goes when your heart is running low is generosity. We start to put our hands in our pockets financially. We start to put our hands in our pockets verbally. We start to withhold the praise that we can't be bothered giving because you know what? I deserve praise and I should get thanks and I am tired and I have had enough and I don't feel like anybody appreciates me. When I, I, I gets in, your heart is going low, low, low. Be aware of the symptoms of an emptied heart. that's all we have time for now but we would love to invite you to one of our four campuses Bradford Belfast Leeds or Warsaw Poland and if you can't come in person drop us an email at hello at livechurchhome.com we'd love to hear from you we'd love to pray for you and we'd love to meet you in person but until then keep watching and we'll keep praying for you and we trust that God would continue to finish the perfect work that he's begun in your life Life Church College is a one-year church-based Bible training program where students receive world-class teaching, practical church building skills, leadership training and personal development. This incredible course has been running for 15 years and has seen over 700 students graduate from all over the world. It allowed me to explore who I am and who God is and also allowed me to develop my skill set and realize that I can do so much more and I have such a bigger purpose than what I imagined at the beginning of the year. If you're looking to grow and develop in the things of God, then this is the course for you. And now I know I can build something. I can change this generation. I'm not just one more. I'm not just part of the crowd. I'm, I'm part of God's plans. For more information, visit lifechurchcollege.com. For more information, visit lifechurchcollege.com.